Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This one's going to be a fun one. Um, Man, I, I love this time of year. If you haven't drawn tags, you're waiting for draw results to come out. And even then, you're, you still might be researching some units and where you're going to apply for these last few hunts. And I just love the last, like, you know, one to three months. And so that's why I've got uh, Lorenzo Sartini on from Go Hunt to just chat about one of the resources that I use a ton, um, more than I should, honestly. Um, Lorenzo, how are we doing, buddy? <laughs> Good, Ben. Thanks for thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you admitting that you spend too much time on it because <laughs> I think we all do in the office as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I worked there, I mean, I have to kind of, I don't hide it at work, but it's like I have other things to do. I mean, if that was my job, I don't even know. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We get we get the cop out of, hey man, we're just doing some research here. We yeah. gotta we gotta learn the product better. Yeah. Hey, tell tell your tell your story if you don't mind um, with Gohan and kind of how that all started and where the maybe where the idea came from. I guess is what I'm after. Um, yeah, just, yeah, just for sure. Kind of that two minute, four minute intro or whatever on the on the story at Gohan. Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada, and you know it's it's really overlooked for hunting down here, especially you know it's easy to say with with people who aren't from the hunting industry, but you know, just, just talking with random people around here and you, and you say that you're a hunter, their first question is, where do you even hunt around here? There can't be anything. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, Nevada is pretty overlooked, right? There's, there's quite a bit of opportunity here, especially for a resident. I don't want to get a bunch of non-residents thinking that they're, you know, that there's a Good. ton of opportunity because it is known for a tough non-resident state, but I mean, as a resident growing up here, there's, there's a lot going on. So I grew up as a hunter between here and Utah. Um, my dad's side of the family, uh, homesteaded some property in Southern Utah a while back. And that's kind of where the hunting lineage started in my family was my uncle Heath and his dad. Um, his name was Bill Sartini. So they kind of started this hunting lineage on my, on my dad's side of the family in Southern Utah and then through Nevada. So I grew up between these two states and, you know, as a teenager playing sports at a high level, I didn't have a ton of time to hunt, but I definitely made it work when I could, um, took advantage of some of the, the Idaho over the counter, uh, tags, took advantage of some Texas stuff. Cause it went into January. So you know, we were kind of hunting these multi-state stuff when I was, when I was a kid, just trying to make it work around the athletics. And when I ended up going to college, I, I figured that was my time to, you know, live this outdoors life that I always wanted, wanted to live. It was, you know, it was who I was. It was when I felt the most connected to like myself. Right. I know that's not to get too deep and emotional. I know that's kind of overplayed sometimes, but you know, when, you know, when you just don't feel quite right, or you don't feel um, like you're in your place, that's how I feel in the city. And whenever, whenever I was out in the mountains, that's when I felt grounded. Um, so going to college, I figured that was my chance to get out of, out of the city and live this kind of outdoorsman's life. So I went to university in Montana and when I was up there, I, I hunted and fished pretty much every day I possibly could, you know, rain, snow, sun, whatever I was hunting or hunting or fishing or doing something in the mountains every day. And, uh, when I was up there, I wouldn't say it was like the first real idea for go hunt specific, but it was definitely my first look into how different these states are with their applications and hunting opportunities. So I was vaguely familiar with multi-states, like I said, being from Nevada and hunting Utah and Idaho and Texas. So I was vaguely familiar, but man, I just 
that was just scratching the surface for how different each of these states draws at draw applications are North Dakota, South Dakota to Montana to Idaho with the over the counter stuff to, you know, everything in between Colorado. And it was, it was nuts just trying to learn how to get involved in these states. And when I was up there, that's obviously all I wanted to do so I could go hunting more. So I'm reading the state proclamations and I ended up by my senior year trying to do my own draws and my own, you know, multi-state strategies of compounded odds to try to draw an elk tag every once every year with, you know, eight states in a multi-state strategy. I sound a lot smarter saying that than I probably am, right? So I was not doing the best job at it, I would say. I mean, I was still drawing some tags. I drew a New Mexico sheep tag. It's kind of my what I was super proud of. <laughs> I drew a New Mexico desert bighorn sheep tag. Um, so anyways, I, I just kind of realized how different all of these states were. And I ended up coming home from college and I met a guy named Chris Porter, who was, uh, he was the U head of us marketing for uh, full tilt poker, which was online poker stuff. And, uh, him and I started talking and I was, I was kind of telling him what I was doing. He was interested in hunting, was not a hunter, but was telling me and that I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, to work in the industry because that's where I felt grounded. That's where I felt I wanted to be. And I was going to make it happen. So we started talking and, you know, just a little press the fast forward button a little bit. I would reached out to Jason Harrison, try to get a job with him, tried to, uh, get a job at a couple other places within the hunting industry, but Jason Hairston at Kuyu really became a, a mentor of mine. Um, so between him being a mentor and Chris Porter kind of being my, my online uh, backing, right. The online knowledge backing, we kind of put something together and we put a business plan together. That was, that was go hunt. Um, and Chris, you know, Chris co-founded the business with me and I leaned on him a lot to, connect with the right people to understand how we could build this and bring it all online. Because I, I graduated college in 2010. That's right. When Zillow and, you know, Amazon and all this online stuff was, was absolutely blowing up with just consolidating data and allowing the user to mine the data as they wanted to, to make it their use case, right. To make it exactly customized to their use case. And I just, I felt like that was perfect for hunting. How was that not how was that not there for hunting with how inconsistent these states are and how much opportunity there is and how, you know, how many different units there are to hunt or regions there are to hunt within the Western states. So I'm like, man, this is, this is perfect. So Chris and I got together and we really built out this business plan of uh, what go hunt was, was, and what it was going to be. And it's actually kind of fun being on a podcast right now, because this is where him and I felt it was going to be. So it's really nice to be validated five and a half years later that where we thought it was going to be is exactly where it is right now, yeah. um, which is, you know, a, a, a one place, everything connected, um, entire suite of, of products for a Western hunter. Well, I love that um, it basically was born from scratching an itch that you had, you know. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's a lot of times the best, you know, I'm not. I'm not a full blown entrepreneur, but I've dabbled in some things and I follow a lot of podcasts and stuff. And it's almost always a good track to go down is if you, you know, invent something or come up with something that you wish existed, um, that you would use. And there's a really good chance, you know, that other people will find the same yeah. enjoyment. Out and of the it. one, the one thing I, I really like about that too, and I'm, and I'm honestly super proud of is when you start with that thought in your mind, the first thought is never how much money can I make, right? Because I think that dirties the water of a brand really fast when that's their their driving force, force, right? So for us, that was like, that was never my thought. My thought was, how can I hunt more and how can I get other people to hunt more? How can we get more people to apply in these states so that these states have more money to, you know, help support the wild animals there in the wild the wild places that they live. So that was always like the forward thought of this business and we've stayed true to it the entire time. So, you know, building, um, you know, having the ability, which I feel really lucky and blessed to even have the opportunity in the first place to like, think about starting something that was, you know, solely a thought for me, but other people are obviously enjoying it. And it's, it's an incredible place to be in, but we've stayed very true to ourselves in that, you know, we're, we're here to just, 
show how much hunting opportunity there is spread the, you know, spread the, the good word of hunting and all the great things that come with it so that these states have, you know, more funds to better protect their animals. Yeah. And so if, if people aren't familiar with go hunt, um, you know, let me back up this podcast. I do, you know, speaking of, you know, your intentions and stuff like that, my intention with this has always tried to be to bring value. Um, I'm not, I don't have any sponsors, I'm not even go hunt. You guys probably should because I bring you up quite a bit, but. <laughs> uh, Appreciate the free ads. <laughs> hey, you know, whatever, right? It's it's one of those things. If go hunt wasn't the thing, I wouldn't be talking about it. And so, you know, that's the trade off or whatever to, you know, having a, a non-sponsored deal or whatever. But, um, you know, so everything we do here, I, I try to bring value and, um, you know, go hunt to me is valuable because it helps people get tags. Um, you yeah. know, there's, there's other resources that I use, you know, that are technically competition with you guys. Um, most of them are hard, um, you know, hard data in a, like a magazine or something, right? I subscribe to some of the other magazines and I love yep. them. I, I do. I love them. I'll cross reference until I'm blue in the face, but, um, it's it's different with go hunt um it's it's doing what you said it it puts you in the data right and what i mean by that yep. is i can sit and i can look at data and it can say oh this draws this for this hunt with this many points in this place for this state and this is how you apply but with go hunt yep. i can i can experience it i can go in and i can manipulate and i can change and i can see you know um, and so that's what I love yeah. about it. And that's what I want to explore here to bring value, um, to the listeners is how, and this is a big question that we're going to whittle down, I think, but how does go hunt help guys get tags? And you've, yeah. you've, you've touched on a few, right? Understanding the, you know, so you guys do a good job of putting in, you know, some of the, um, regulations, you guys do a very good job, um, of pumping content, valuable, free content a lot of it's accessible whether you have a membership or not um you know and so maybe touch on i don't know you guys probably have two to four to six um branches of ways that you help guys get tags maybe touch on those yeah yeah for sure and uh you know we're very value-based as a as a brand um and i just uh to, to before we start that look i i I'm the first one to admit, and I've never been shy to admit, when we first launched $149 for a membership, we knew we were expensive. We knew that that was, you know, that was probably on the verge of too much money for what somebody was getting. But we always knew where we were going to be, and we never wanted to touch the price of of the membership, and we and we never will, because we want to just continually add value constantly throughout the process and allow the membership to, to stand on its own at the price it is until now, right? Until you get further along the process and it becomes a no brainer where, where the price for what you get is, is right. basically non-existent. And that's, you know, that's where we're proud to take it to. So this, the value add thing, that's exactly where our mentality has always been. Um, so to start with what it does and how it allows people to get more tags is let's, you know, take it from, Take it from a, a true beginner level. If, if a, true, a true beginner gets to our site and wants to understand hunting and how they can get involved, first off, we have strategy articles within each one of the states, each one of the Western states that we cover. That's written in-house by one of our, like, one of our guys, one of our absolute full-time go-to guys, whether it be Brady Miller or Trail Kreitzer or, you know, Brandon Evans, whoever it is they write a strategy article for the state. That's not just a strategy of, you know, how do I kill a trophy of all trophies? Because that's, that's played out in my opinion, right? This whole, um, you know, top five trophy hunting stuff is just, it's kind of crazy to think that, that there's only five units in each state that is producing, you know, this, this quote unquote trophy hunting quality, whatever it is, where we more come from. If you want to go hunting in these States, here's, here's where you start in these strategy articles. Here's how the draw process works. Is it a bonus point or preference point state? Okay. If it's bonus, then this is how it works. If it's preference, then this is how it works. Here's how many choices they take on the first pass through the draw. So Nevada, for example, the first pass, they only do one pass. So all if five, you, all five, baby. all five choices are on your I very first yeah, they're on your very first draw. So like we really break out um, how these 
how these applications work because that's the starting point. Even for me, you know, I would consider myself a, a pretty savvy multi-state hunter. And, and every once in a while, when we get into a new state, I do learn something new about their draw process that I didn't know in full existence, right? Whether it be South Dakota is one we're working on right now. And I just, you know, I'm learning little things as we go. It's like, wow, you know, as much as, as much as we know here and, and I've been familiar with, with doing all these other States, it's kind of crazy to think that there's still more to know out there in, in these nuances of, of a new state. So these strategy articles are kind of like this first place to start for a true beginner of, of, you know, wanting to get involved. And I mean, I, I'm using true, true beginner as kind of a, a, a light definition, so to speak, because if you're going into a new state, you're, you you're are a beginner, beginner to that yeah. state, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you, a, you do need to learn how they do their application. Is each it state is a pass? PhD. Yep. Exactly. Is it one pass? Is it two passes? How many choices do they take for one or two passes? Is it bonus points or preference points? So I can better understand there's some, um, how I'm, there's some states, you know. if you apply for a certain tag and you're not aware of the quotas sheep in Arizona, for example, you you're literally got your name in a hat that won't ever draw a tag. If you're not 100%, yeah. exactly. You can apply for hunts that you are not even technically applied for once it goes to the state on the back end right like your name your ticket's not even in that barrel even though you went through the process and the time and the money of of applying you're literally not even as far as the state is concerned you do you don't even exist for that for that draw which you know it's important for people to know if they if they really want the opportunity to draw tags and go hunting so these strategy articles are kind of that first place to start of uh, which states, you know, are going to be your best uh, starting point, which states are going to have the best opportunities of drawing a tag quickly. Um, that's kind of the starting point. And then we get into filtering 2.0, which is, in my opinion, and, you know, take it with a grain of salt because everybody has their own opinion of the most important thing that Go Hunt does for them. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the meat and potatoes. Yeah. Filtering 2.0 is, it, it is that, it's the tool that allows the user to make it theirs. It, it has no bias from us. It has no bias from anything else. There's no ranked units. There's no graded units. There's no anything because why should there be rated or ranked units when the data can speak for itself, right? And I don't want it to, I don't want it to sound like it's just this massive data house where somebody's going to have to do a ton of homework to understand it and, you know, really have to understand math and science and, you know, all this stuff to understand what they're looking at. It's, it's not like that. It's very simple. It's like Zillow for hunting is kind of how we always, uh, always compare filtering 2.0. It allows the user to make it theirs and, and really get the results of what they are looking for, whether it be certain dates throughout the year that they know they're open and they can filter through what opportunities are available during these dates that I can draw, you know, with zero points or one point or two points, whatever it is. And, you know, starting from there all the way to, I have 18 points and I really want to have the best statistical hunt within a given state, you know, Colorado, I have, I have, uh, 18 points. So I want to draw statistically the best hunt because I've been applying for so long for deer in Colorado. And so it, it really does facilitate like just filling an open gap in, in a date time range or or filling in a pinpointed thought of, I want to draw the statistical best for this certain species in this certain state. So it really does kind of, it kind of gets the entire swath of what a user would be wanting to find. And what I really love about filtering 2.0 is it's that unbiased uh, opinion, right? I, I agree with you that the magazines are great. I'm, I'm still, subscribe to a lot of them and I cross-reference just like you do. Um, and it's always nice to know what they're saying as well. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of, you know, top five, top 10 bias in those. And there always has been. And so what I like about filtering 2.0 is it allows the user to be their own bias, what yeah. they're specifically looking for, yeah, right? There, there is no doubt that some of those main, those big mainstreams, they sway, they they change units. I mean, they yep. they ruin. I, I don't want to say ruin because it's not you know, it's everybody's option to go hunt these places, and it's that's what it's there for. But um, 
it you know you can almost and and I'll I'll be honest like Go Hunt has a few features that that do that too that not not it's not but it's not it's not Go Hunt putting that out there it's like you said it's just the data right if there's a second just, yeah if if there's a a second choice um tag in Colorado for deer or whatever uh that you could draw for 100% you have to realize that you're looking at this that everyone else can see that too but again that's not Go Hunt pushing their agenda for a certain unit onto to their subscribers. Not at all. That's right. that's the user making their personal choice that, that right. that's what they want to see. And, and the users who don't want to see that will never see that. Yeah. If they're looking for a pinpointed, you know, opportunity or date time fill in range or whatever it is. You know, that of course data will speak for itself, right? It, it is if you are looking for the statistical best hunt in the state, I mean you're gonna find it. How many people are doing that and how many people are looking for that that, that exact thing is is you know up to up to the you know up to the environment in the wild, right? So whatever that whatever people are looking for, how many people are looking for it, that's what's gonna define how many people see it. So, instead of, you know, a top ten ranking and then it goes out to the subscriber base and all you know every user sees it yeah you know it's like yeah and so real quick and maybe this is a rabbit hole and maybe you're getting to something like this but talk along those lines there is there is you know the, the one thing that i would say um at least off the top of my head that, that you guys have power over or that you're creating would be the potential size um, which I'm I'm fine with, right? You have to take some of those with a grain of salt. You know, when you put 170 plus um, down on a specific unit, you know, A, that doesn't mean you're going to walk in and find a 170. B, it uh, definitely doesn't mean there's not a 220 hanging around in there. Um, so the only thing I'm curious about, you know, I think people understand that, but just where you guys come up with that and kind of what your yeah. North Star is for coming up with those numbers. Yeah, we we take a lot of pride in that. Um, and we definitely, so that, that is one of the subjective data points within our system. However, it's, it's a checks and balance system. It is not just a hundred percent subjective on whoever wants to throw in a number. There is a checks and balance and I'm, I am very proud and confident of, of the process we go through on that because it's out of respect for our users that we want to give them the the best understanding of what they're possibly going to get into and this checks and balance system that we've built over the past you know five and a half six years it's really it's really taken solid shape now and uh we've we have really good contacts with the state biologists and then we also have really good contacts with local outfitters um you know, lifetime outfitters in, in these certain areas and certain regions that are producing a certain quality of animal. So it, it is subjective. And just like you said, we say 170 inch, 70 inch trophy potential. That doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean there's not something bigger walking around. It's just as a user that's, that's looking at that, at that number, this is the average range of, of what's being taken out of the unit. Right. So I don't know if that makes sense to a lot of people. It's not the average of what's seen. It's the average of what's being taken out of the unit when they're checked in with the biologist or they're, you know, the outfitter is, is kind of working with us to tell us their five-year average that they've taken with clients. And we really do have this pretty solid checks and balance system where it's allowed for us to confidently say, you know, this is, this is the average of what's being taken out of the unit. That doesn't mean you can't do better we're not saying, Hey, there's a 225 that's been seen and everybody should go after it. Cause it's in this unit. All we're saying is the people that we work with and who we talk to on a, on a monthly and annual basis to really check down what this data point should be. This is the average of what's being taken out of there. Yeah. Well, and, and there's, uh, sorry, go ahead. And, and we do that on a, on a massive scale, which is not easy. Yeah. It is, it is not easy. And the, bad part about that is whenever you do that kind of hard work it's really easy for somebody else to just cross-reference and say hey here's trophy potential right because we're the ones that that did the hard work but hey uh, you know it is what it is right right um you know and and of, of all the the data that you guys provide um 
you know, there are some things that are matter of fact, right? Um, percentage of four point bucks taken or percentage six point bulls or harvest percentage or percent of public land or whatever it is. Right. Exactly. Yep. And those things I do, I take literal and I use them, you know, almost, you know, just as, like I said, as matter of fact, the trophy potential I still use, but I use it with a very 30,000 foot view or a very broad brush or however you want to, however you want to think about it. In other words, let's say I'm looking for an elk unit here in Wyoming, you know, I'm, I might start with that filter and I might slide it to 330, right? Because I'm actually looking for a 350 and I know that, you know, I'm, I I have enough common sense to know that most, most units in Wyoming, if there's, you know, if it's a, an average of 330 for the average dude is there, or could I have a potential of finding my 350 hundred percent? But, yep. you know, I also don't want that slider sitting at 310 because you guys are going to pull in units that are, you know, have a much lower average. And is there a 350 bowl in every one of those units? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. You know, it's but that that kind of gives me a, you know, a really broad initial like, OK, you know, let's get rid of the just the bottom 30 percent or whatever we're talking about you know, or, you know, every state and every species is different, but that's, that's how I use that is very, very broadly and very generically. Yeah. Which I appreciate you speaking to that because, you know, at the level of hunter, you are, you understand that and understand how to make that data point yours, how to make it usable for you. If the average animal coming out of a unit is 330, then, you know, can, could you go find a 350? Yeah. Definitely. Right. I mean, it's obviously proving that it's got mature quality animals within the unit and it's up for you to decide from there based on your knowledge of, of animals and hunting now. And it really does that 30,000 foot view. It's a great way to, for, you know, a a savvy hunter to you. I use it the exact same way, to be honest with you. It's kind of a nice, like, it's kind of a nice barrier entry level data point. And then the four point or six point or better is really what I bounce that off of, right? Because states, when you kill Nevada, for example, when you kill an animal, you have to fill in how many points on the left, how many points on the right, whether it's deer or elk and majority of the states are like that. So that's a solid data point to, to bounce the trophy potential off of. Well, and, and so, and so on the flip side, let me present another way that I use it. That's the complete opposite. Um, you know, Wyoming is a good example of how to use that, that broad brush. And I just, you know, it's because, because, you know, and so why, why is it work with Wyoming so well? Because Wyoming isn't managed for absolute upper end bulls right now let's take let's take a state like nevada or arizona maybe right or new mexico on the gila me and this is just me personally but this will hopefully give you guys an you know example of how to use it themselves a those some of those states are they are specifically managed for massive bulls right and certain units within the state utah for example and so it i have to i sit back and i take a look and i I internalize, okay, how am I approaching this state? And for me, my uh, elk hunt in Nevada is a very, I am actually after a big bull, right? I'm after, a, I need to go down there. I, I don't need to, but I, if I'm going to make the trip, if I'm going to spend the vacation time for a hunt like that, and more importantly, all the bonus points it's going to take me, now I want to get very, very upper. I want to be in that 10%, right? And I already know those units in Nevada off the top of my head, but an you know, an Arizona or New Mexico. And so if it's the if it's the opposite goal for me, right? And that's what it, that's the point here is like, what is your goal? If my opposite goal is to like, hey, I'm mule deer in Arizona, for example, I'm only after the top of the top, the Arizona strip, the Kaibab, and the best two or three hunts on those units, then I might slide that filter all the way to 190 inch deer. Yep. Right. Because I know that I know those hunts. Well, and then again, this is getting into 201 or 301, I guess, from, from your, your introductory or beginner hunter. But I know those units well enough to know that they're managed a specific way. If I'm going to make the trip, I want, I want a specific animal. And so that's the only time that I'll like put a lot of weight on like, Hey, I know that this is, 
I'm looking for those 190 inch deer units or I'm looking for a 360 bull unit or whatever. But, but generally like most States I'm not, I'm, I'm doing what we said before, slide that 30 to 330, slide the deer thing to 170 and I'm kind of just going from there. But yeah, exactly. And so what you're, what you're talking to right now is what we talk about as a multi-state strategy. So, you know, you, you break in from the one one hundred and you start to realize, okay, how do I, how, do, how can I go hunting this year or next year or within the very near future with, you know, whenever I can finish hunter safety, call it, and if the States are still open, how can I hunt this year? So that's kind of that one one of understanding these States and which ones really do have the opportunity, which ones have the over-the-counter tags, which ones, you know, have second choice guaranteed draw, which ones have all these entry level, uh, tags opportunity tags to get which doesn't necessarily mean the tr- the trophy quality that you're speaking to this top 10 percent well as you as you get your first couple tags and you want to start kind of expanding your your goals and hunting or what you want to do in hunting and go on these uh you know less less uh hunter, less hunting pressure higher quality animal hunts then you start to get to develop these multi-state strategies where, okay, I'm going to use, and I'll just give you mine. For example, I use Nevada, Arizona, Utah, and Wyoming ish. We'll call it an ish state as my trophy deer states. Like those are the ones where I'm, I'm banking Colorado. I don't know if I said that one. Yeah, I think I did. Um, Those are the ones where I'm banking points to like really go after a pinpointed data set that, that I'm, chasing in those states and i don't mind waiting you know 5 10 15 years to draw that How, tag. however long it takes really because yeah because i'm going to fill it in with with the other states i'm going to go hunting every single year there's only one way to, to one of the things that i like to that i like to say too is why would you only hunt once every 15 years because once you do draw that tag you're not going to be good at hunting. You haven't done it for 15 years. So this multi-state strategy is more of a, this well-rounded, I'm going hunting every year. I'm chasing this species of animal every single year. And by the time I do draw, you know, this pinpointed data set tag that, that I want, by the time I get there, I'm going to have 15 years of, or 10 years of um, experience, tried and true experience, you know, chasing these animals in different settings and all these things. So I'm ultra confident when I get there that the tag's not going to go to waste, right? Um, um, I know exactly what to do and what I'm getting into and really give the tag what it deserves. So this multi-state strategy, which you were just talking to, like, you know, I, you use these certain states, Colorado, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, you use them as, as your go-tos and then you fill in the other, the other states. And, you know, a state like Colorado has guaranteed second choice draw don't have to burn your points. There's, there's a lot of things to take advantage of out there to fulfill this hunting opportunity, but at the same time, you know, play the game and, and wait your turn to get that, that tag that you're pinpointed on. Yeah, man. And that's, I mean, you know, and, and those hunts, you're talking that zero, that zero to three. And, and even nowadays, I don't even, I don't even have a lot of three year it's either it's it's it used to be like a zero to three and a four to seven and a you know a nine to or an eight to whatever 15 or 20 i would say now it's almost binary it's almost like i'm either drawing a tag every year or two on and and here's why because there's so many opportunities out there um that it really is (laughs) right it's like you don't need to wait three years colorado for example you don't need to wait three years um you know Again, prime, you know, these guys on the podcast have heard me talk about this, but, you know, I walk into a random leftover, just who knows where, uh, unit in Colorado and smoke a, you know, 190 something it's deer last year. So that's where I get very, um, risky, if you want to call it, you know, that's the back to the slide in the scale to only 170. I might even slide the scale to 160 and say, you know what, like, I'm going to take this as a challenge. I'm going to hunt this unit for the next Absolutely. three years because I can do it every year that three years of hunting a unit. You know, we talk about this a lot that three years of hunting a unit. Um, I have a, almost feel like I have a better chance nowadays because I have a little knowledge of, um, uh, wildlife, uh, behavior and how to find a unit and how to find the pockets. I'm almost more dangerous. I feel like hunting a unit for three consecutive years. That's a marginal unit than I am, you know, on one, 
you know, B plus rated unit or however you want to think about it. And so I couldn't agree with you more on that. I, I mean, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly right. And that's why those opportunity hunts, you know, I, I kind of wish there was a different word or phrase to describe them because I mean, I don't know that, that the word opportunity, it, like it really just does, it doesn't give it. Sounds like it's going to um, be crap. Yeah, exactly. And, and just like you said, I mean, the more time you spend in there, that, I mean, that's, that's number one. And, and any hunter who's been doing it, you know, for a, for a certain period of time understands time in a unit boots on the ground. There's no replacement for that. There is, I mean, there's a lot of things in between it that, you know, obviously we, we do the e-scouting and mapping and, and layer specific and uh, species distributions and all these things we have on our, on our e-scouting suite. I mean, it, it's, it's an amazing tool and it gets you, it definitely gets you to the right starting point. It gets you to the point where you're not going to waste time, but the, the best thing is boots on the ground and actually being there and experiencing the animals and how they're using that specific terrain. And the more you do it, the more dangerous you're going to be. And you do start to find these little pockets of, of, uh, you know, openings where you can take advantage of. And that's the other thing about, again, you know, the tool being completely unbiased, which is, in my opinion, the best thing we do is the tool is unbiased. It's however the user wants to use it. And by the time they find these units, like, you know, you went into a Marshville unit and had sounds like the hunt of a lifetime, you know, like, I mean, that's, 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 that is the definition of unbiased, right? I mean, you found something and made it yours and spent the time and turned it into what you wanted it to be. And you know, that was by your, your design and your work. That's not from what we told you to go do. Right. 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 Um, man, I want to, uh, I want to touch on some, like, just kind of some up upcoming, you know, what's coming up and you know, where, yeah. where go hunt's going to go in the next few years. Um, is there any other, um, I I've kind of been cutting you off and you know, it's just kind of, I get excited, man. I get it so excited. Yeah, no, I, no worries. Listen, man, like, guys would say like, Oh, I love shed hunting more than actual hunting. And I would say you're an idiot. Right. And I like, <laughs> if shed crazy wants to come at me, like, let's do this. Right. But, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm to the point where I almost, I won't say hundred percent, but I almost enjoy researching and applying and drawing tags. And I do actually going on the hunts. Um, <laughs> I, I just love it. So I, I, I get, agree. Yeah. I get geeking out like you, you I'm sure do obviously, but, um, so is there any other, uh, ideas that you had or, or, uh, bullet points you wanted to touch on, on kind of the, um, you know, how a guy can yeah. draw a tag or utilize the system? Yeah. I mean, we, we really do facilitate the entire process of, of getting tags, whatever the tag is that you want. You know, if you want to make an opportunity hunt yours and do it every single year, you have the ability to do that. And if you want to find that pinpointed data hunt, then, then we do that as well, you know, through the filtering 2.0, the draws, the e-scouting suite that we have um, with all the layers and, and species specific tools that you can use and, and lay over the terrain, all that stuff. That stuff's boring uh, out of context though, just talking talking about it. So I don't want to bore people too much on that. Um, but where, where go hunt is going, you know, I, I just, it's, it's really interesting for me and, Look, I, I, I don't want to sound, um, I, I give a lot of credit where credit's due. So I don't, I don't want this to come off bad by any means, but I can't believe how many products and companies have just stayed with what they do and haven't expanded what they offer. If that makes any sense with, with how I'm saying that, um, it, it's, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't feel like that's a value to the user of users been using a service for you know, call it 15 years and they haven't added anything outside of what they're currently doing. Yeah. They add features or, or information to what they're currently doing. And they kind of, they kind of build, um, you know, they kind of, they add things that are already existing and they just kind of put it on to what the product already is. But I don't know. It's kind of interesting that nobody's really expanded the offering to encapsulate multiple different parts of the Western hunting cycle. I mean, obviously we go through a pretty specific cycle. I mean, this time of year, uh, maybe not, not so much right now when you and I are talking on, on uh, June 2nd, but 
call it January 1st, between January 1st and now, I mean, that's more important than the hunt itself. And you're not, you're not going hunting unless you spend the time between January and, and now. And that's, I mean, that's, that's where the gold is. That's where you find the gold is, is during this time, this time period. And then the products of, okay, I have a tag. Now what? Well, now what is, is e-scouting? Let's, let's figure out logistically how to not waste any time. So when we hit this place, when we hit the ground, we are in spot A and we can work our way through B, C, D, and E and figure out, you know, figure out everything we need to know without wasting any time. Yeah. I just, and, I, I just watched, um, Brandon and, uh, Neville. Yeah. Um, yep. they're, uh, high and dry, uh, short, short film there in Colorado. And you know, what, whether that's what they were intending it to be or not. I mean, that's exactly what ended up happening to them, right. Is they, they ended up on plan, whatever it was D or E or F or whatever, because, yep. you know, okay, we're in here and that, and that's, you know, that's the whole other side of this, you know, that's another art is, you know, drawing the tags is an art and then, you know, finding the animals and, and being a good hunter in the field is another art. And that's exactly yeah. what they ended up doing. And, you know, and they didn't fill their tag necessarily, but man, they got a few cool opportunities. So. Absolutely. And that's, it's kind of, there's three, we, we see it as there's three distinct uh, talent sets within, within this Western hunting cycle. And it's, it's finding the gold and finding the opportunities that you want. So you can actually go hunting. Then it's the e-scouting. So logistically you're not wasting any time and you do have plans A through E because the third set now being in the field, this talent of being in the field, it doesn't always, that's the beautiful thing about hunting is no matter how much you prepare and how much, uh, knowledge and phone calls and, you know, information you gather, year to year is different and it's different. You know, it's predicated on environmental, uh, situations. It's predicated on snowfall and snowpack. And it, it, there's so much that goes into it. Hunting pressure. Maybe, maybe predators and hunting pressure has, has changed the dynamics of the unit. So actually being out there in the field, the, these three steps all kind of, they're kind of waterfalled on each other because when you're out in the field, okay, well, it's not, you know, plan A isn't what I expected. There's too much snowpack. The deer haven't made it up to the high country yet, which has happened to me, you know, two out of the five years I've hunted Colorado. Well, okay, let's go to plan C. Plan C is kind of on this middle 8,000 to 10,000 foot elevation. You know, here's the areas that I found that were really good. So instead of wasting time to go find it while I'm on the hunt and I only have 10 days to do it, instead of wasting that eight to ten thousand foot level i already know that from my e-scouting like that's where that's where plan c is if this were to happen so i can just go straight there i know the trailhead i'm going to i know logistically how i'm getting there and i waste no time and i'm back in the field hunting and, and not burning any time um you know scouting which is the last thing anybody wants to do while they're out there on their hunting days so it's kind of this waterfall approach where if you use these specific tool sets and these three you know, these three distinct time periods and three distinct manners, they really do waterfall on each other to the point where, okay, you know, our tool isn't, isn't only helping you be more successful getting tags. It's also helping you be more successful in the field, whatever success is to you, right? Success doesn't always mean killing. It means having an enjoyable hunt it means, you know, finding the animals and, and, you know, seeing things that, don't aren't, that aren't seen on a typical basis and right so it's, it doesn't mean just killing it's not like it's a hundred percent kill rate if you're just gonna use you know use these products things have to work out in your favor and that's the that's what i love most about hunting is just that unknown when you're there it's always going to be there no matter what and that's what i absolutely love about this entire process but you know the more prepared you are the more success you're going to have so to 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 go maybe a half step back on the features and the filtering um do you guys have any intention or any filtering additional filtering options or changes that you can yeah, talk about yeah, or whatever I, that that you think need to be uh yeah. implemented yeah getting sorry about that getting back to that uh the last question which which now piecing together i didn't fully no, answer but um yeah there like I was saying, it, it, it's always been, you know, pretty interesting to me that the, the expansion of products to facilitate different needs throughout the cycle have, have never really been done or put in, 
put in a single place, so to speak. And so that's, that's what we're, we have always been intending to do in which we are at now. Like I said, in the beginning of, uh, of this podcast is, you know, it's, it's nice. It's nice for Chris and I to be validated that where we thought go hunt was going to be is actually there right now, which is, you know, all of these products waterfalled on each other to, to facilitate, you know, all the, the three very distinct time periods and needs of, of a Western hunter. Now they are absolutely all going to be filled out more like filtering 2.0. There is so much more data to bring in to allow to be filterable to, to users. <laughs> not to give, not to give anything away before we, before we actually do it. But I mean, just the antler list stuff, right? I know that's not, that's not a kind of what people hang their hat on, but I mean, that's, that's a good place to get started too. Oh, you'd be just, surprised. I work with a yeah. lot of guys that, that they live and die for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fill the freezer, the, practice the hunting skill, make sure you're youth, out in the field youth hunts, every year. Youth hunts, yeah. beginner hunts. Youth yeah, hunts, exactly. That kind of stuff. So we have so much data to be implemented to allow to be filtered right there, um, which is going to be, which is really going to be built out in a major way in the, in the next coming months. Um, we have a few really, really interesting things. Hopefully we'll have done by the end of the year, start first of the year. Um, that really does facilitate just more of a user being able to make it more of their experience and what they want that unbiased user specific, you know, call it customizable, but we're not customizing the forum. The user is able to do what they want to do with it. It's really going to become like this individual experience type of uh type of platform which i'm really excited to bring forward um and then obviously in the field with our offline mapping now that i mean there is so much opportunity there and things that we're working on right now that uh that'll be live for this hunting season that have never been never been done before um which is always uh always fun to do i take a i don't know i take a lot of pride in doing things that haven't been done before and I don't, I don't know what you can call that. I don't know if that's egotistical or not, but you know, like I just, I, I, I like doing things that haven't been done before. So that's what we're, what we're working on in each one of our specific product sets. Um, so this North star that we're marching to in the next couple of years, you know, go, go hunt is an insider as it sits right now with, with the three specific product sets to, to fit each one of those specific needs. They're, you know, obviously I'm going to sound incredibly uh, biased on this, but they're, they're amazing. I, I, they really do facilitate a lot of my personal need, which is why I know that they're amazing. Um, but where we're going is going to be completely different from what it is right now. And I know it's kind of hard to wrap, um, you know, wrap a, a, a mind around, but there's so much more to be done and so much more to be facilitated in these specific, in these three distinct sets. Um, and when they really do fully come together as one, which is what they're intended to do. Like once they do come together as one right now, they're fully connected, but as they start to kind of morph into each other and become a, like kind of a quantum product, more of as more than an individual working set, so as they become more of a quantum product, it'll, I mean, it'll kind of take a shape of its own that hasn't been seen before. That's a fancy word for, I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> so well, it's, uh, I mean, we have, we have a lot, a lot to do, you know, yeah. I, we have a lot to do. Our, our, we take a lot of pride in, in having products that, that truly work and not having things just to have them. And I know I've said anybody who's familiar with, with go hunting, some of the stuff that we we've put out in marketing or kind of our branding initiatives and things like that. I mean, they've definitely heard me say specifically, we don't have products to just have them and just throw out marketing. We do this. That's it's never been our intended goal. Our intended goal has always been to have a product that stands on its own and is foundational on its own and, and really does facilitate a need and it, and it helps the hunter be more successful, whatever success looks like for them. Absolutely. Love it. Um, you know, in the last maybe five or 10 minutes here, your time that I've, uh, got from you, 
Um, maybe I, I'll, I've got a couple of questions, but um, has there ever been a decision on a hunt or something that you, a good example of like something that you never would have applied for or thought of or anything. And all of a sudden the next fall you're out hunting, you know, doe antelope in Southeast Wyoming or something, just because you were doing the research on it. I'm just curious if there's a good story of like, why, like where the heck did this come from? Yeah, I, uh, so it's actually, it's actually a really, a really good question. So I met my wife and married her in 2018 and her family is very outdoor there. She's native American and her family has a native American background from here in here in Nevada. So they're, they're very out, um, like just culturally very outdoorsy. It's kind of interesting how DNA kind of spits, uh, fits these specific, <laughs> specific cultures, right? It's, it's pretty interesting, but anyways, they're, they're very outdoorsy, but they never were involved in hunting. And obviously when I came into the family, they loved the idea of it. They loved the process of it. They loved all of it and they wanted to get involved. So I had my brother-in-laws and my wife and everybody else that was involved get hunter safety. I kind of walked them through the process. And then obviously the next step is to go hunting, but they all want to do it together. They all want to experience it together for the first time. So cow elk hunts, which I never would have figured I personally would be you know, excited and looking forward to a cow elk party hunt. But I mean, it was one of the, one of the better things I've ever done. It was, uh, it was really interesting. You know, it was, it was fun to have a group of, of, uh, capable adults in having the excitement of a 12 year old, like I had the first time I was going hunting and, you know, finding these Colorado second choice, deer hunts that I'm taking them all on this year. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to, uh, uh, interestingly enough, I am looking forward, forward to a second choice Colorado hunt this year, more than any of the other tags that I drew. And I drew, I drew the tag I wanted in Nevada and, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm looking forward to the second choice Colorado hunt more than anything, because I get to go experience a bunch of capable adults having the excitement of a 12 year old again. Well, and, uh, you know, this time with horns on their head. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's like you said, it's, awesome. it's like you said earlier, you know, the great thing about hunting is it's, it's whatever anyone wants it to be. Right. And, exactly. And not just, you know, you don't even have to pigeonhole yourself. You know, I consider myself, um, you know, transitioning to where, you know, I'm a lot more interested in at least a mature animal. Um, if not, you know, a trophy or whatever you want to call it, a certain, you know, I sometimes use inches, uh, Boone and Crockett scoring because it's just a reference or whatever. And, you know, it's a benchmark and I get pretty caught up on a lot of hunts, you know, in, man, like I, I had, you know, I could have done better. I could have hunted harder, found a bigger buck or, you know, this unit's capable of this or whatever. But then on the flip side, you know, I can draw, you know, these guys in the office here got me hooked on, um, antelope doe hunts and i i didn't i actually didn't apply the deadline was yesterday and i didn't apply this year but i can still pick some up on a leftover or whatever if i want yeah but just learning that hey you know every once in a while in between some of these hunts it's actually a very fun time to go out with just you know my wife or whoever's going bounce around in the truck glass a ton of country see a ton of animals um and just have a fun hunt, you know, that an antelope doe doesn't even have antlers or horns or anything. <laughs> I agree. I fully agree. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, we have a two-year-old son now and that's why I look forward, you know, we did that cow elk hunt in Colorado and now we're doing a, a second choice deer hunt in Colorado. My two-year-old son is with us. And, you know, it, like that is, that's success to me. Just yeah. having my two-year-old being able to be in the truck, that's not the easiest thing to do on a hunt, <laughs> you know? No. And uh, But I agree. Hunt, hunting is whatever you want to make it, and that's what that's what the, the, the tool set is so good for and so capable of is no matter what type of hunt you're looking for, it can facilitate that. And that's right. what we're super proud of with it. Yeah, it, um, it really is the MO of Go Hunt is, you know, it's not, you know, some of these other features and I, I use them from other companies, like we were saying that are, but they're more trophy minded, you know, it's, it's yeah. kind of a trophy under minded. And so I, I do, I like that exactly. about Go Hunt. Um, exactly. 
last thing here to wrap up and I, yes. I appreciate your time and man, you know, before I wrap up at the end, I'll just give you credit now. Um, man, I want to just acknowledge you for, again, just kind of pioneering, um, you know, at least a feature set, you know, and, and re, re completely, uh, re, uh, assembling, you know, the experience of how we do something like this that we love. And, um, you know, again, being willing to take that first step way back when and to continue to offer a good product and stuff and, you know, and, and practicing what you preach, so to speak, I see you out there, you know, you, you're not just, like you said, you're not just in the office, um, trying to make another buck, so to speak. Um, I actually, you know, ironically nowadays I admire, um, owners or CEOs or whatever of companies who founders of companies who are not just sitting in the office, you know, because it almost, it almost gives suspicion of, man, are you, do you really enjoy this thing that you're after or, uh, or, or the, that you're offering, or do you just enjoy the, the business side of it? And that's fine too. But I just personally like seeing guys like you that, um, you know, you would rather be out on a hunt. So absolutely. Speak, you know, and it, 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 it brings all that together. So I, appreciate I, pre that. I really do appreciate you noticing that and saying that because yeah, like I said, in the beginning, I, you know, our, our goal is to never change our, our membership price to say, okay, we can make that much more money now. Right. It's our, our 100% dedication is let's get more people applying. Their money is better served in these other States. So these States can better manage their herds and, and public land. Sure. We don't need, we don't need it. Let it, these other States let's, you know, spread the opportunity of hunting and, and let that facilitate um, the stewardship of, of public land and the, and the wildlife. So that's always been our goal and our uh, motivation is to do that because the longer hunting is around and the better protected hunting is the better it's going to get for everyone. Yeah. And you know, there's a, uh, there's a lot of data that supports that. Love it. And then, so last thing here to wrap up, I'm just curious, uh, maybe bring some value for guys who haven't uh, solidified a tag or they're still kind of up in the air or probably more like me. If you're like me, you didn't draw the, you know, 17 other uh, applications that you were in for. What's maybe one or two, you know, I don't want to call them sleepers, but one or two uh, upcoming opportunities that, guys or gals should still be looking at to secure a tag or something someone might not be thinking about basically just you know one or two things coming up that you're or yeah. is on your radar that would help someone yeah so we have we have two things that we do this time of year um, for go hunt as itself and i guess this could be considered a product set on its own but i, I more consider it just a, a shared a, a shared wealth of um, knowledge and experience of, of hunting in general, but these leftover tag, um, states, so they're going to be producing leftover tags and we, we do reports on those and what's available. And there's also the over the counter opportunities in quite a few States as well. And we put together, um, a strategy article on both of those, again, from one of our guys in, in house, like Brady trail or Brandon, um, to really, you know, if somebody was unlucky in the draws, there's still a lot of opportunity out there. And, you know, we report those opportunities as we see, you know, as we uh, get them from the States and, and we put together a little, I guess we could call it like a flash feature product um, on those things. So you can still go hunting this year. I mean, there's, there is never a time that you can't go hunting. And it's, I know that's crazy to think because Western hunting has always been known as this, like, you know, it takes so much time and, and applications and all this stuff to go hunting. That's not necessarily the case when you really look at all the opportunity, which is, you know, which is what we cover. So, um, there will be a, an over the counter flash product and a leftover tag flash product coming out here in the next couple months. Um, that'll allow people to kind of fulfill a hunting need this year if they want to. Love it. Love it. Lorenzo, so, appreciate your time, man. Um, go hunt. Yeah, appreciate go, you. Yeah. Go, go hunt.com. Um, like I said, I, I would use it whether, uh, you know, whether I had you on the podcast or not. So it's just nice to geek out with you for a minute on some of the features and how guys use it and how they can be successful and stuff. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Yep. Yep. Thanks for coming so, on and, uh, man, yeah. good, good luck this year on your, uh, on your second choice deer hunt. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Cool, man. We'll chat soon. Okay. Sounds good. Bye. All right. Bye.
Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do, leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit findingbackcountry.com.